You know, on the show, we talk about things that go bump in the night, the dark, the spooky, the mysterious. But when it comes to the when it comes to the phenomenon of ghosts and the like, there seems to be a, a little subcategory where people are encountering shadow people. Shadow people. From a child born into this world, we are taught what to believe. Close-minded, we become fearful to be deceived. Still we desire to know what lies beyond that locked door. The art of the storyteller conjuring tales of legend and lore. History hidden, lost knowledge, things forgotten and the unknown. These are the things that direct us and will set the tone. Welcome friends to another episode of Nightmares on the Lost Highway. Shadow people are described as the perception of a patch of shadow as a living humanoid figure. Um, there's a lot of potential explanations for what we call shadow people. Um, to differentiate them from the ghost phenomenon, ghosts are typically remnants of a, of a human spirit. Uh, sometimes they're trapped in a loop. Sometimes they're, they're you know, a, a free what do we call it? Independent spirit. I'm not sure the actual phrasing entity, but, a, but an entity that's able to act on its own, an intelligent haunting. Yeah. The shadow people seem to always be an intelligent haunting. Um, uh, and haunting is, is maybe not even the right word here. These, these may not be ghosts or spirits. More just an occurrence. A lot of people believe them to be, be spirits or maybe be, maybe other entities. Uh, the Quran actually describes a, a race of pitch black beings that they refer to as the jinn. A lot Otherwise of people, known as genies. Yeah, a lot of people associate shadow people with the jinn story. And of course, with, with culture, multiculturalism in the world expanding the way it is, and people from all cultures and, and, and places moving different places, it could explain why these, these shadow people have spread across the world. And but that the, aerial, wispy-like transparency, that makes a lot of sense. There is a, a long history of shadow people. A number of religions, legends, uh, belief systems describe shadow people Ancient Europe, I think, uh, has a belief where the shadow people needed to feed on blood. Uh, so again, a, kind of a scary entity. And, and you know, the jinn in, in the Middle East, uh, they first kind of jumped into to modern uh, prominence back in 2001 on the Coast, uh, Coast to Coast AM radio show. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if, how many people listening to us are going to be familiar with that. Of course, radio talk predated podcasting. What? <laughs> I remember it wouldn't really be too far from that. My first experience with Coast to Coast AM, I was working my first job. I started, this was 95, and just kind of coasting the airwaves, sitting in my car, waiting for work to start. And I stumble across this radio show, and this guy's talking about livestock in South America being attacked by some blood-sucking creature. And I don't know about you. Like, stop right there. We're yeah. going to listen to this. Whatever that is, I got to listen to this. I-, I think the host's name was Art Bell. Yeah, at the time it was Art Bell. Um, and I used to listen to Coast to Coast AM all the time. I love that show. We would listen to it when we went to Tennessee. We would drive overnight so our kids would sleep and we would turn on Coast to Coast and listen to top everything from I sold my soul to the devil to portals, UFOs, aliens, the government. Likewise, when Sarah and I were traveling, usually on long trips, we'd seem to kind of just kind of skate across the radio stations. Again, kids, this is way before <laughs> we had satellite radio and all this. 
And, you know, usually it was at late night, 11 yeah. midnight. And what better to do when you're driving down, you know, the lost highway, yeah. listening to creepy stories now, on the radio. To the best of my knowledge, Coast to Coast AM is still out there to be found. Uh, I think it can be found online now. And I know that there's probably some some um, radio, uh, digital radio stations. But if you, if you enjoy what we do, I, I would say Coast to Coast AM is right up your alley. Absolutely. So I'm not trying to point you in the direction of somebody else. <laughs> but anyway, we've got off on a tangent here. Uh, back in 2001 on Coast to Coast AM, Art Bell interviewed Native American elder Thunderstrikes, uh, also went by the name of Harley Swift Deer Reagan. Uh, and they sort of got to talking about, about shadow people and how they deferred from, from ghosts, the way we think of ghosts. They're typically seen in the peripheral vision. They're dark, dark, dark black silhouettes with a human shape and a profile that seems to flicker in and out. And, and, and more like the more you look at them, it seems like you don't, you can't look at them directly. Like they realize they're being watched and they kind of fade away. Um, there are reports of these shadow figures attempting to jump on people and choke them, which is not something you hear typically in, in hauntings. I was going to say in, in my research, I can't, I came across a lot of conflicting stories on this one. Um, there were some stories like you're saying that they seemed very hostile, would jump on you, choke you, maybe even while you're asleep at night. And then I found other totally different sites and they're like, these have never harmed anyone yeah. or done anything bad whatsoever. Well, I, I think most people believe them to be negative. A lot of the experts, uh, but there are some that say they can be positive and helpful. So like any unexplained phenomenon, who knows what we're looking at, you know, or maybe, you know, if we want to go back to the gin, maybe this is as a race, maybe shadow people, maybe most of them are bad, but occasionally you kind of find some that aren't. I found some of my research where some people actually believe this is a guardian angel, almost of an angelic being that is looking down. Uh, some other stories I came across was it was a possible uh, deceased ancestor looking over to as a protection. Well, see, for, for me, mostly... Um it seemed to be a negative thing. Most stories kind of delve in the negative and, and almost, uh, I think a, a belief almost is that these, these entities feed on the vibrational energy produced by fear. They're trying to scare you. They're trying to alarm you because that's what they feed off of. So a lot of the stories I found were negative. Now I, I'm maybe feeding off the negativity of others or whatever. Yeah. Now when, when you get to looking this up, uh, especially, you know, doing the, the the research online, it just seems like the shadow people phenomenon is there. People believe in it. They talk about it. But it's it, it seemed very hard to find and, and pin down, like, okay, here's my shadow person story, or here's this shadow person story, and three people witnessed it. They're very well individual, you know. I have one firsthand account that I will share. Uh, a good friend of mine, and actually Bill knows him too, uh, Mark Wilson. And I uh, were doing a paranormal investigation with uh, our wives up at the Limp Mansion in St. Louis, Missouri. Mark and I were doing a walkthrough. Uh, we had some video going as well as some EVP recordings. And we were in the lowest area, the basement of the Limp Mansion there. And uh, by the way, a little plug for the Limp Mansion. You can uh, rent a room there. And basically after hours, um, there's certain areas, obviously, like in the alcohol area where they close it off, you can't go. But you have free room uh, to do investigations or whatever all night long. So it's, 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 a, it's a really cool place. But we were downstairs in the basement doing a 
walkthrough. And quite honestly, I think this was probably a second or maybe third walkthrough of the night when this area has a couple pool tables and stuff over in the area. And we both kind of caught something out of the corner of our eye, which very typical with the stories. It's kind of peripheral vision. We both saw it, which was kind of strange. We didn't know, we didn't understand what we saw until we later reviewed the video camera footage, which gave us a lot better image. And it all happened so quickly. But what I can describe in our first hand, this was a shadow figure. This one seemed to be, I'll go back to D&D, my Dungeons and Dragons, wraith-like. It was small. I remember you could see basically what would be its head just above the pool table. So we're talking an entity maybe four foot tall, let's say, at, at max. It seemed to have, for lack of a better term, maybe a cloak or a cape on, and it was kind of ripped, torn kind of thing. It did not look at us. It just like suddenly appeared walked behind a couple pool tables, went to a corner, turned its direction, and then there was a set of stairway that led up to basically the outside, the sidewalk upstairs. And it had been locked, kind of barricaded off. It wasn't like bricked over or anything, but they just didn't use it. And it actually went up the steps. And Mark and I both thought that was kind of weird, but at the time, we just saw it in a real couple split seconds. We thought we saw something out of the corner of our eye, a shadow. We both kind of looked at each other. Did you see that? I saw something. And then we were able to we actually caught it on the video. Um, that was a first-hand encounter. I can't say any meters went off. We didn't have anything else that occurred. We didn't hear anything. Uh, it did not turn and look at us. If anything, I felt it acted almost frightened of us and who wouldn't be honestly you know, you know mark wilson but uh, well, i mean i gotta <laughs> mark wilson makes me nervous sometimes so. <laughs> hope um, you're listening mark you know um one one kind of common thread i found here in in talking about shadow people was they do seem to be associated with the sleep paralysis phenomenon now i in my teenage years did have a couple of experiences with sleep paralysis where there was a shadowy figure the first time it was at the end of my bed when I woke up, and if you've never experienced sleep paralysis, this, the, the way it's described is this is the moment where your brain turns on, mm-hmm. and you're able to process sensory input mentally, but your body hasn't caught up to the fact that you're awake yet. The body's not awake yet. So yeah. you can't move, but if your eyes are open, you can hear, you can hear, you can see, and you can say, okay, there's, uh, and, and typically... Uh, people who experience sleep paralysis do see shadowy forms. And so there were two times in my teenage years, um, and, and I would say late teens, 18, 19 years old, where I actually experienced this this experience. The first time it was at the end of my bed. The second time it was by my shoulder, like looking over me. I remember this creature, this this shape, this entity, whatever it is, looking down on me. And I could feel in my mind, I was processing, this was a female entity. I remember so that. So you got a clear view of the face and everything. Well, see, that's it. I didn't, the, I could not see a face. Oh, okay. I mean, this is just a black shadowy thing. Okay. Now, my no, mind, no features, just shadow. My mind tells me it's female, but my, you know what I mean? Like, I, I couldn't, just I couldn't tell instinct. you why I thought that. Yeah. yeah. Gut instinct. Now, in my later years, the older I've gotten, I've been able to experience uh, sleep paralysis a couple other times and understand what it is. That doesn't make it any less frightening. 
I, I typically would experience it if I fell asleep on the couch. Say I was watching TV, you know, and, and kind of laid back. And if I fell asleep on the couch just the right way, you know, later on you'd kind of wake up for a moment. Pinched and a nerve or something. Maybe, yeah. But you wake up for a moment and, uh, well, like an Evil Dead when Ash wakes up and he's tied to the floor, Army of Darkness. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I can't move. Like you feel exactly like that. You wake up, you open your eyes, you see the world around you. But you can't will your body to do anything. You're processing, but you can't move. Yeah, and it just takes a moment for you. And it only takes a moment. Once you really put the the pieces together, then your body kind of, oh, yeah, hey, we're supposed to be uh, on the same page here. Now, I did find in some of my research, uh, Science Magazine uh, actually reported, it's been several years back, I want to say it was the first part of 2000, they accidentally recreated a shadow person phenomenon. They had a young uh, lady, 21 years old. I, I think I did stumble apro- across this. They were they were doing a sleep study on her, but not for that purpose. And from what I understand, they had a oh, electronic pulse, you know, kind of one of those suction cup deals. And it was positioned just above the right ear. And uh, it actually made the woman believe she saw a shadow person in the room with the doctors and stuff while they were still basically hooking her all up. So this is before she even went to sleep. Didn't she, like she became paranoid? She thought there was something behind her? Yes. And, the, yeah. the rest of the, what she was there for didn't go very well because it shook her up so bad. Now, of course, everyone else in the room, they, they didn't see anything, but there was kind of a, a, a jump start there with Science Magazine, and there were several articles that come out that said, oh, well, we've just replicated this. We now know what causes it. The problem with that is when they tried to go back, again, that was accidental, when they tried to go back and simulate that, it worked like out of one out of four people. Well, and I think um, electromagnetic fields, and that's part of the reason why you use the, the electromagnetic field detector when you do paranormal research, is not just one to detect you know, like, ooh, there's something happening, but to go around and find places of high EMF, because based on my understanding, that high EMF, when when exposed to that, it can actually trigger feelings of paranoia, and right. uh, you know, I saw something out of the corner of my eye. Right. Now, you mentioned your own little sleep paralysis ordeal. Uh, we you know, we'd mentioned that some people believe these could be gins, uh, ghosts, spirits. In some of my research, guardian angels, if you will. Another thing that popped up was the whole alien abduction and that these could be part of the, for I'll just label it the little gray men men. that uh, often seem to abduct people in their sleep and, you know, do that anal probing that everybody's fearful of. But so possibly there is some connection there. I mean... I guess some people maybe. Maybe. Maybe some people are Maybe that's why they don't sleep. They don't want... Again, why would (laughs) aliens travel this far just to probe butts? I never understood that. (laughs) (laughs) I think you'd have something better to do. If you could get all the way here, you'd do something better. I would find something better to do on my vacation trip off my planet, yes. I wanted to talk about some sightings, some encounters. Uh, But honestly, in my research, in, in looking this up, like I said, you... You don't find a lot of well-documented encounters. You find Snippets. a lot of anecdotal things. Yeah, like you said, a couple lines here and there. So I thought I would just kind of touch on a, on some of the ones that I read that I, I felt were more interesting. The first one, there's a there's a couple, uh, husband and wife, they're in bed together. The husband woke up feeling as if there was another presence in the room. Um, he looks around, 
and he sees a figure, this black shadowy shape, move through the door and come and stand at the end of the bed. He, he knew that it was watching him. He couldn't see the details. Like he said, you can't see the face. There's no detail there, but he just he knew he was being watched. So he kind of rolls over just a little bit, and he asks his wife if she's awake, and you know she very sleepily responds, yes. And he goes, well, do you, do you see anything in the room? And she goes, oh, you mean the thing at the end of the bed? <laughs> like she's pretty, pretty casual about it. And and so as they're both looking at it, it becomes less and less solid until it just eventually kind of fades away. Hmm. So again, when once they're being observed, they they seem to disappear. Um, another couple kids playing. One kid looked through his bedroom door and he sees the shadow being kind of steps from the corner of the, the door, kind of steps out and looks at him and then steps back. He said he described it as having a wavy quality like heat waves on a hot summer road. So again, this kind of wavy, distorted uh, appearance. There was one uh, about a, a three-year-old that would wake up and talk about the monster in her room almost every day for about, for, you know, repeatedly. So the dad woke up one day and he looks up and there's a, a shadow person there. So this would occur two to three times a month. Um, and then one day that his fiance woke him up to tell him that she had seen a faceless child next to her side of the bed. And he tried to dismiss it as being their daughter, but of course she's like, no, it's, there was something there. One that I, I really kind of jived with, uh, this, there's two kids. They, they were sharing a room with the the stepbrother and a teenage boy and they, they were in a basement area and I'm picturing, you know, an unfinished basement. So they were working to, to frame it in and make, you know, a series of rooms, Mm -hmm. but they had kind of a shared rec room with like a TV and video games and stuff which is almost exactly the environment I was sleeping in when I had my sleep paralysis experience. We had an unfinished basement. My brother slept on one side, I slept on the other. And then we had on the other side of the room was a shared recreational area where we could play video games and whatnot. Right, right. But the the kid fell asleep on the floor. I guess they were watching TV, fell asleep on the futon. He woke up, frozen, couldn't move, sleep paralysis. And he heard a voice. Are you there? I know you're there. Ooh. And he lay there. He's like, what? Are you there? I know you're there. And so uh, he just kind of lays there for a minute. He hears this. He's scared. He says, (laughs) come to your bedroom. So I guess part of this had been finished in the rooms. And he said, like in a horror movie, he stands up. And he kind of felt like he was outside of himself. Like Like when you watch a horror movie, you're like, no, no, no. Don't go through the door. Well, he got up and started walking through the door or Hmm. to the door, put his hand on the doorknob, and heard the voice again behind him, you come into the bedroom. So he opens the door, and he sees a shadowy shape peeking through the window with illuminated eyes. Wow. Um, now, some shadow people sightings do have red eyes. and this one, he said they were yellow. But there's just this yellow shadow, this shape with yellow shadow, you know, eyes looking at him. And then uh, probably one that I like the most out of all the, the stories I found uh, a kid was playing computer downstairs until uh, about midnight or so. His mom went to bed earlier. So she, you know, of course, it's the weekend. Hey, go to bed. You know, the stay up later or whatever, yeah. So he, he turns off the computer, and he goes to the stairs. Now, the stairs, they go up, and they've got a landing, and then they finish all the way going to the second floor. He goes up the first part of the stairs. He gets to the landing. He looks up, and he sees a, a dark shape move down the hallway at the top of the stairs towards, like, his parents' room and where the bathroom would be. So he just assumes that it's his mom. So he goes up there, and uh, as he passes his mom's room, he sees her in bed, and she looks like she's sound asleep. And he's like, man, she must have been tired. 
And like as soon as her head hit the pillow, she's gone. So he opens the bathroom door, and as soon as he does, two feet in front of him, black shadowy shape. His first reaction is to take a swing. <laughs> and as he does, his hand passes through this and is just met with a bitter cold, like puts the, the hair on the back of his neck on end. And then he hears a voice. Come here. So similar to the last story. <laughs> uh, he Once it calls for him, he's just like, you know. I'm out of here. F this. He starts <laughs> reaching for the light. As he's reaching for the light switch, it starts to leap at him. And as he flicks the switch, the thing just disappears as soon as the light comes on. Uh, he saw it two nights later as he woke up and it was leaned over his bed. Same same one, reoccurring. And again, he swings at it, hand passes through, bitter cold. Never but, learned the first time. But that was the last time he saw it. Huh. And and again, you, this is just a smattering. But you, you find a lot of stories like this. Well, one of the things I felt was interesting when I started doing the research is, again, you, you're going to find a lot of conflicts, but generally... They say they have no eyes. Now, you had mentioned some have yellow or glowing red eyes. Often, in a lot of the stories that I saw, there was a hat of some sort. Oh, a I, I was going to hat. I was going to talk about hat. the hat man separately a little bit. Okay. So. And then there was, um, they have a wisp, a wisp, wisping cape or a cloak. I uh, mentioned that in a couple of stories, and I, I had that in my own personal account. Um, and seeing these things do seem to make people almost petrified, speechless, paralyzed, however and, you want to say. Yeah, I think that goes back to the sleep paralysis. Well, so. one of the connections, and I'm hopefully I'm not stealing your thunder, I immediately went to Freddy Krueger from Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street. I mean, brimmed hat uh, comes to you in your sleep, uh, maybe when you're more vulnerable and uh, attacks you, if you will, or approaches you in your dreams or your sleep. And maybe that whole hallucinogenic thing, you know, I'm not saying that's what it was based off of, but quite possibly maybe the movie was, was based loosely off of I, some I, of that. I know some of the origins of the, the Nightmare on Elm Street did involve some uh, immigrants to the area. There was an actual newspaper article that, uh, I'm going to kick myself now, I can't remember the name of the guy who made Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, you'll find. <laughs> Look it up here. Wes Craven. Wes Craven. Yes, but he had read an article about some immigrant kids who had had they had recently come to America, and I can't remember where they came from, but they would experience these night terrors, and it would come, it would happen night after night after night, and then they would die in their sleep, like seemingly healthy kids. Okay, and so that was part of the inspiration. So maybe the Hat Man may may have been part of it too. Could have been. Could have been. Or. Let me just throw this out there. We've talked about tulpas and stuff, thought forms. Uh, maybe the belief, maybe people saw a Nightmare on Elm Street, and then the belief of that, I mean, that's kind of how Slender Which Man. came first, the chicken or the egg yeah. kind of thing. Um, now, like I said, I was going to talk about the Hat Man a little bit. You you did mention that. He is a very commonly seen shadow entity, uh, and he's been seen all around the world. They, they see this shadow form, and he does seem to be wearing some sort of broad-brimmed hat. They... They say fedora-like. Um, typically, seems to wear like some sort of long cloak or coat. Some accounts do give him red eyes. The Shadow Man is more typically associated with hostile environments. He seems to be attracted to hostility and violence. He shows up when when things are bad, and kind of and again, this this entity seems to take pleasure in the fear he creates. Goes back to that earlier where they feed off the fear that they're. So he's just showing instilling. up to enjoy the show. But at what I've done. Something bad is happening, and then maybe he shows up and he makes it worse. 
I can only assume, you know, they say hostile environments, you know, if there's abuse in the home and then he shows up, things are already bad. He's making it worse. And then he's, he's kind of feeding on it. So if we've talked about the encounters enough, I do have a list of things you can do to get rid of them. Okay. Let's so hear it. if you have problems with shadow people, which they do seem to plague people, uh, clean your house. The number one agreed upon thing is just clean your house. Pay attention to your mom. Pick up after yeah. yourself. Clean your house. They, they they seem to be more common in dark, messy homes filled with clutter. And again, you're talking about a shadow entity. Right. So it's going to look for places that are shadowy and dark and hidden. So little nooks and crannies from things being piled up. Um, let the light in. Open up the curtains. Open the windows. Opposite of the shadow. Let the light shine the light. in. Again, you know, get rid of those dark corners. Perform a cleansing ritual, do a smudge stick, walk around the house, hit all the corners, hit all the windows, get into those shadowy nooks and crannies, or you could simply ignore it. They, again, they do seem to feed on negative energy, so if you don't give it anything to feed on, or even to take that a step further, make light of the situation, joke about the shadow person, laugh at it, let it know that you're not afraid of it. This one time when I laughed at the shadow person. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, of course, this tactic has been known to backfire. Uh, and again, maybe, you know, giving it some, some intelligence, you know, if you're trying to scare somebody and they're just like, Oh, look at you being an idiot. Maybe you're going to kick it up a notch. <laughs> like, you know what? If I'm not scary now, I can be, you can command them to leave. Sometimes that works. You know, I think a lot of people out. forget that. And that even kind of comes from uh, demonic possession stuff is just take control of the environment. Yeah, take this control is, of the situation. It, it might be your house. This is my house. You get out. A lot and and ghosts hauntings at times. Hey, same way, same way. In the in more insistent cases, you might make an offering to the shadow people, some little trinket, some little thing to say, "Hey, I acknowledge that you're here." You know, to take this. I'd be that guy that would give it a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> they say you can establish boundaries. Hey, you know, I don't like it when you're lurking over me in the middle of the night, and I wake up and you scare the crap out of me. Back so off. You can stay, but don't come into the bedroom when I'm asleep. Um, rid your life of stress. That's the easy one. Am I right? Oh yeah. Uh, but you know, if you don't have stress, stress is negative. It's right. a negative energy that you're putting out there. So if you rid your life of stress, you know, that should take care of the problem. Right. So, and, and that's absolutely easy. You know, anybody can do that. I will add two more to that. And in my own research, it seems to be attributed a lot of times, not always exclusive alcoholism. I did hear similarly meth, meth addiction. And I was going to say drugs. Now, the word drugs could also be side effects of prescription drugs. They have done some clinical studies. And obviously, we know that some of those side effects could be almost like schizophrenia, paranoia. Uh, you would definitely might maybe envision out of your peripheral vision things. Well, I mean, you watch any commercial for any drug. Oh, Nine good times Lord. out of ten, I'd almost rather have the condition you're trying to get rid of. Yeah, it's the side effects are much worse. I, I wanted to take it one step further. I'm um, I'm one of those people who battle with sleep apnea, and I will say, I've been sleeping, of course, with a CPAP machine now for twelve plus years. But uh, before it was diagnosed, I would stop breathing often during my sleep, and when I was in that stance. Uh, I also, I had some weird dreams, borderline nightmares, and shadowy figures and that type of deal was pretty common. It could be oxygen deprivation. Well, it almost sounds maybe bordering on the sleep paralysis because yeah. you're in that in-between state. Uh, and, 
you know, let's face it, I've, I've said to a lot of people that I've known through the years that, you know, I, I know I've had grandparents, great grandparents who they said, oh, they just passed happily in their, in their sleep. They just never woke up and uh, sleep apnea is a real thing. And we just didn't realize what it was. And basically it's carbon monoxide poisoning, you know, oxygen deprivation, and you just stop breathing while you sleep. But any of those things I think could attribute to it. And to your point, clean the house, let the light in, positive attitude. Um, and you know, being a night shift person. That's kind of hard. Letting the light in. I, I, so at times I almost feel like a vampire. You know, oh. it's like, I don't want to be, yeah. I want the light in. <laughs> Bill and I have both worked night shift most of our careers. Uh, I'm luckily, I'm, I'm free of that now. I'm still struggling to get on a day shift schedule. But yeah, I mean, working a night shift schedule, you come home and I mean, let's face it, you black out the windows. Yeah. You're hanging blankets up. You're doing whatever you can because you're trying to sleep when the normal world's going well, on and, outside. And I don't know about you, but you don't, I, I don't normally worry about trying to fix it on the weekend because it just got to turn around and do it again Monday. If I yeah. was, so my house, especially my bedroom is always dark. Yeah. Now I haven't had any shadow people experiences in my home. Luckily not related here. My son did, did say that, that he felt he'd seen a ghost the other night when he was getting ready to go to sleep. So he, uh, I asked him to describe what he saw. He said he was, was listening to the Hobbit soundtrack as he was going to bed. <laughs> it's only in my home. Um, but he said he saw a, a gray shadowy thing move across the bedroom, like out of the corner of his eye. Hmm. So. Well, my, my daughter in the house that we actually live in now, when she's uh, still lived at the house before she was married, um, actually it was about this time of year reported uh, to us several times that there was a, ghost-like apparition kind of a shadowy figure that would appear in her bedroom and she would like wake up and it would be like staring at her see that that's very shadow person right there but uh later it did have enough features that she explained it to us and uh, to a t she explained a confederate soldier uh with the hat um you know some of the the attire that they had on and doing a little history which of course i'm a big history buff we, uh, here in Lebanon, Missouri, Union and Confederate soldiers came in and occupied the area at all different times, but we are within, seriously, one block of what used to be called the Old Wire Road, the Telegraph Road, where the Union soldiers uh, came in and basically bombarded and took over Lebanon, so it, it's very possible, but again, that one had some features, but... Yeah, she said, oh, yeah, that happened quite frequently. She'd just wake up and never did any harm, uh, but would just kind of be like standing there looking at her. Well, the shadow people seem to be kind of their own thing. Again, we talked about, are they are they djinn? Um, are they alien? I, I, I actually saw some theories that suggested that they were extra-dimensional beings. Time traveler were, kind of yeah, type? Yeah, this was something that was just, we, we wouldn't be able to understand it. You know, they, they, we, we have our dimensions that we know of, our 3D. Uh, some people say there there could be as many as 100 and some dimensions, and we just can't perceive beyond our, our handful of dimensions. Time is one of those. We, we say time is a dimension, and that we, we just have this linear flow of time. And strangely enough, I did read an article just not that long ago that non-paradoxical time travel is theoretically possible. Time travel the way they describe it in the Avengers in-game movie. But, you know, what are, what are shadow people? We, we say, you know, we, we see ghosts. 
We know what ghosts are, the, the spirits of those that either haven't moved on or are still trapped here for whatever reason. We, we know what demons are. We know what right. these other entities are. But shadow people kind of seem to be their own thing, just kind of a little different from the rest. Um, I would say mostly mostly malevolent. I know that there are some cases where they're not all bad, but I would say most cases say that they're they're not good. So We may never know. But yet, this is yet another example of what you will find on Nightmares on the Lost Highway. We sure hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, make sure that you check out some of our other episodes that we have available all on Podbean. And we offer those also on Amazon and Spotify. Yep. Thank you very much. Hey, this is Eric, and I just wanted to give a little reach out and a plug to our first paying sponsor for Nightmares on the Lost Highway. That's our little family uh, toy and gaming shop here in Lebanon, Missouri, called Raven's Loft. If you happen to be in the central Missouri area, please check us out. We have two locations. First one is at 223 West Commercial, downtown Lebanon. We've also branched out to a second location out at the Heartland Antique Mall, also here in Lebanon. You're going to find all kinds of vintage toys, Star Wars, Star Trek, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Mego, Universal Monsters, all types of gaming, board games, Magic the Gathering. So we would appreciate it if you'd uh, stop by. You can like our Facebook page. Uh, swing by and check us out. Thank you so much. I would like to thank uh, Alex Tudor, who has been helping us uh, a lot uh, with our endeavors on this podcast. You can call him our producer at this point, I think. Our producer, electronic recording technician. Uh, um, he's uh, the one that's setting up all the mics and the hardware in the background. And then Bill Weirs is going through, taking his time to try to clean and edit this up and uh, give us the best possible version that we can present to you folks. want to thank everybody involved with that.